0: We are live
1: right now. Hey, Modern Commerce. Welcome back again. You're here with Casey and John. As always, we've got a special a special guest today. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute because first, John has a read from our sponsors. John?
0: Absolutely. So Casey, Q4 is almost here. I'm sure you're making lots of ads. Casey's a creative strategist, as you guys may know. Um, if you run ads on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, anywhere Creative Matters, Uh, chances are, you know, creative testing is important. Chances are you're not doing enough of it. Um, The main reason people aren't doing enough of it is because it's hard to come up with new ideas to test and making new ads all the time is a grind. Our sponsor today is Pencil. Pencil solves all that. The AI analyzes your ad account. It determines which ads and elements are currently working for you, which ones aren't working for you. Uh, With that information, it takes all of those assets that you've given it and uh, it it gives you new ads to test from them right? And it even writes your copy for you. So it just cranks out ads for you. It's basically kind of a creative analyst and a designer all in one. Um, it's free to try. So just go to trypencil.com to give it a shot. Uh, when you sign up, use code MODCOM15. That way, when you upgrade to a paid plan, you'll get 15% off because you will upgrade to a paid plan. You'll get hooked. Um, yes. So shout out to Pencil. But I am excited for the guest today. It is a the one, the only, Mr. Nick Shackleford, aka Shaq, aka Poppy Shack, aka Nikki Shacks, <laughs> aka the Facebook ads Godfather. AKA <laughs> the okay. Shack
1: Attack.
2: Oh, sorry, I missed one. Yeah, there's honestly, and first off, shout out to Pencil. Chase, he's a good dude, really, really good dude. He's been really kind to us. Um so I, I want to say like gratitude, gratefulness for all that guy that he does, and he just really good vibes. If you haven't had a chat with him, he's he's a great dude on the twitters. So definitely shout that out. But I am grateful for for John and Casey. In this one, dude, this one has been something that I've been going back and forth on for quite a while and it's something that I'm going to spend more and more time thinking about and going over I've done a lot a lot a lot of thought works on this stuff and I actually have some slides to share that can guide us because we all know John gets a little bit wordy at times and look it's a it's a very Batman and Robin approach to this meaning like some of us are going to lead some of us have superpowers some of us are just really rich I mean, some of us wear tights, some of us don't, and we're gonna go back and forth on these shenanigans. But I will tell you this right now, and no matter where you look, no matter what you're what you're doing, someone somewhere is talking about not collecting cash, extending payment terms, firing people, hiring people, outsourcing. There's just so much of this weird worry around it. But yet, the world that you live in, the world that you're probably listening to or or binging, is we still have to grow. We still have revenue targets and we still got to get shit done. And so something along these things that I'm exploring, look, these, these are not fully baked concepts and ideas. I'm still in the thought process of doing this. And John and I often go back and forth on this. So I'm excited to explore some of these topics. But the core of what today is, is going to be, what does the team look like in a potential recession or recession proofing the marketing team? And we're speaking from a perspective of an agency that works with at any given time, over a hundred brands, whether it's social search content, SMS, email, like you name it, we're doing something in this space and we have a lot of point of contacts and we're specific, even more specifically underneath that folder, John and I spend a lot of time on the conversation parts. John, I don't know off the top of my head. I have to check the calendar, but any given week, how many brands are you talking to? On a on a on a is does it make sense for us to be together basis? Like
0: right, like not not brands that currently work work with us. Yes. On any given week, I'm talking to like I would say five to ten brands, um, minimum, you know, like some weeks heavier than that, but I'm averaging out and say five to ten somewhere in there. Um, like new e-commerce brands. So, like when you think about that, there's just like a lot of looks over several, several weeks. Like that's a lot of looks at different kinds of e commerce businesses in like different situations, right? Yeah. So so yeah, and and it all it, it all comes down to this idea of like you know, one of the most common questions honestly, it's like who do I hire internally? You know, should I hire you guys or should I just hire somebody internally to do it? Like what do you guys provide and like who do I need on my team in all of this, right? And and that like it's a confusion for especially founders um right, like who, you know, who who do I hire? So so let's talk there and uh, and, and I actually want to start there and say to you, Nick, like, I want this is the question I want to ask you who are the key hires to make, uh, either internally or a partner like a, a, an agency or vendor partner for specifically for marketing, um, in early stages of an e commerce? So let's say, I mean, should we cover pre revenue? Do you want to cover pre revenue here, or do you want to start at like you know,
2: 1 million? A year in revenue or where do you want to start i think it's safe to say pre-revenue because they're still in the planning phase so even if they're not revenue based it's not something that they're going to be able to get away from right so I, i want to i want to bring i definitely want to think about that and there's two we look at it in two different core areas which is like the simplest way it's generation and preservation and so i like to call it a dance it is a dance it's like are you generating are you preserving you still have to spend to do both like just because you have a bunch of customers, you still pay Klaviyo, and you still have to have the list. You might have to pay to, you might only pay to hit some of the list, but you're still suppressing or keeping some of the list. In the initial structure, if I go back and forth of the generation phase, specifically, this is what I'm thinking of. In any of this world, John, I'll, I'll throw this mic back to you in a second. The generation phase has some of these areas, whether you're pre-revenue, generally speaking, and I will call this out. This is to those that are already generating revenue. If you're pre-revenue, you're probably not thinking about building an affiliate marketing team. Although I do think that's a smart idea. You know, you come from the background a little bit more than myself, but I don't jump to affiliate marketing right away unless I already have the offer nailed in. If I already have the page nailed in, if I already have if I already know what I'm doing and have some baseline metrics, there's no network you're going to that's going to accept a brand new offer that has not even been tested at all. So I will, I will, I will say that one. But you will need. Some sort of media buyer, whether that's you or that's someone that you're having to hire, an affiliate marketer. That's as again, if something's already been generated, if something's already working, a copywriter and a creator. Copywriter mm-hmm. is different than a creator in my in my interpretation of this because a copywriter is probably writing some sort of the ads, some of the ads, some of the emails, some of the SMS, and some of the page copy. The creator, I, I this might be a little bit more controversial than some other some other want to say and i don't think you should own the creator because then you're married to that style and that brand forever structured and nick right i can't yeah. this but the creator or a person that's doing stuff i think it's extremely important that they are generating consistent content and they're incentivized to do this thoughts
0: yeah um i think that uh, i want to just make a few clarifications uh when you say aff- affiliate marketer um, I actually think that of that as someone who it, it could be anything for your brand. So it could be someone who finds affiliates to run traffic for you. Um, yeah. It could be somebody who gets you like like PR or pro- like publicity, gets you published on, on content sites, you know, for affiliate commissions. Or it could be someone who's driving an influencer effort, like a, a free influencer effort, where it's like, we're really going to. Push into seating. and I'm saying that in the pre-rev phase, right? So in the pre-rev phase, a lot of brands nowadays are getting traction, not with paid right away. bootstrapped brands, um, with uh, the backed brands, it's maybe not this story. It's but bootstrap brands. A lot of times, their their early traction is actually coming from, uh, you know, some kind of like just. I, organic IG, you know, and that's going to be your creator or uh, seeding product influencers that kind of thing. So, so that's all encompassing that affiliate mar- marketer role.
2: It could be any of those, especially in pre rev. I agree with you in this, and and actually in this stage, if I were to do a caveat, say you're a brand that's doing some rev stateside, and I've had great conversation with the team at DFO, great conversations with Schmack, great conversations with Jumbleberry, and all these ones. Say you're winning and you have the offer, the page, or something going right right now. Take that product, that offer and go abroad. Go, go launch into a new market. It might be English speaking specifically, or you get generalized local or localization of content, localization of ads or page. Take what you have, tell them it's working, give them the payout that they need. It was generally around like 30, 40 bucks. Send it into a new market. That that's something I do fully recommend. If you, if you're winning right now and you want to generate money doing the lowest barrier, entry, John, what is it like? You have the metric of is it easy? What, what is it?
0: Yeah, yeah, impact, confidence, and ease. So, so how impactful is some like a, a marketing initiative, anything, right? A new traffic channel, whatever. How impactful could it be? Um, how confident are you that the p- impact will be positive and how easy is it to implement? So, I mean, what you're saying is like getting on, getting affiliates to run traffic for you at a CPA deal if you can afford a $30, $40, $50 CPA for most products. Um, the, the impact might not be here like maybe uh, not a ton of affiliates will run it um but the the confidence is 100 right it's like a 10 out of 10 because you're not sacrificing anything right like you're just only paying on on uh sales and the ease of implementation is is not that difficult on the right affiliate networks uh, we have a brand that you know one of their offers like 10 20 percent of their revenue just comes from CPA payout affiliates. It's the best CPAs, right? They can't scale it because it's all people sending email. It's all like, you know, affiliates sent with big email lists or whatever. Um, But that, you know, it's, it's super nice supplemental, you know,
2: conversions. And then, and then we get into preservation, which is more of like the retention area, the elements of like, cool, they're already in the brand. What do we need to make sure that they stay with us or that they're falling in love with us overall? You need that email marketer, an SMS marketer, which early on, I would say pre-rev, under five mil, even under a mil, this could potentially be the same person. Like I don't think you need to be super segmented. And especially if you're leveraging Clavio, which look, I I love Clavio. They're great people, but those rates are not always amazing. I will say this. but if you have the ability to have a, a dedicated email person and SMS, I think it's excessive at the start. It can be the same person. Just make sure the messages are congruent. It actually probably should be. Copywriter, you already have a little bit of an overlap. They should be dynamic enough to write acquisition and preservation because it's not as aggressive or it's not needing to be salesy as much. You probably will find the revenue preservation copywriter before the generator, just kind of what it is. And then overall designer, which is not a creator. The designer at this point, yes, they could be used to edit some some giftees or graphics or what have you on the acquisition side. But this is primarily for the email side of things.
0: Yeah, and this where I'm gonna. What's a nice way to say argue? I argue with you all the time.
2: Yeah, this is yeah. just normal. I'm, I'm going
0: to. You're going to be here. Where I'm going to have a normal John and Nick discussion with you. Like before, I was agreeing with you, and that was probably super weird. And I don't want you know, I don't want you feeling comfortable on the podcast. So I'll, I'll start arguing with you. So you're more comfortable. Um, I think that all of those at, at, certain rev levels, uh, most likely like they can be the same person. Now, maybe that person who can, you know, email SMS, copywriting design, do all of that. They might be a little harder to find, but yes. honestly, I, if you can, if you can, that is uh, great at that. Pre-rev, one million, maybe five million dollar phase, because you're gonna be so much more nimble, you know, with that person. Really? Um, and then, so, and I say that because Casey used to be that person at, at EGM when we would take on email. He was just like one man show. We would do all of it, right? Um, and, or or one team, right? So at pre-rev, unless you're backed, you're probably not going to be hiring a team like like a structured. Uh, but at you know five million, one million, it makes a lot of sense, um, because. Yeah, like all of that making the processes to make sure like that the messaging is congruent across channels and um, everything like it's just taken care of for you when you when you hire one team um, and a lot of times like especially and then if you're at the stage where you're hiring all four of those people that's where you look at a team right like that's one of the biggest things I would say about st- structured I don't know, this isn't like a structured pitch but one of the biggest things I would say about a good email marketing agency is that a lot of times if you look at the team members and the allocation of resources that you get versus what you could hire in-house. Like it's actually a cost benefit to just hire a team, hire a vendor to do this.
2: I totally agree with you. And there's one more element that I think I'll showcase on it that kind of gets played across all of it. So on the slide side, let's throw that up when we get a chance. It's it's kind of the team that kind of sits across everybody. And personally, again, this, this is the team that we'll go into. I'll break it down like a little bit more of the revenue states. Cause I, I do want to have this to be a good discussion the analyst. I think this is extremely important, especially if you are not the person to dig into the tools. Whether it's a Triple Whale, whether it's a Northbeam, whether it's going to be high risk, whatever the whatever you're looking, whether it's just GA, whether it's just Facebook dashboard, somebody outside of the media buyer that's getting a second opinion that's looking at the modeling, depending on how your conversion cycle is going to be, an editor overall. I think this is. Something that some brand, I've been getting more and more recommendation. We talked about this yesterday a little bit, or actually, no, the tweet today, which was, we love email. I've talked to many, many brands and a lot of their email leads are not in house. Um, I think it's difficult for people to find a quality, quality email marketer that's not getting paid tons and tons of cash to go work on a solo brand. When you get big enough, this happens to our team all the time. Our email designers or email leads, email strategists get poached left and right because they're like, look... I'm burnt out. I wanna go work with one brand. It's tough to find those often. If you find one, keep them, pay them what they want, incentivize them with a percentage of revenue or the growth of the list, whatever it is going to be. But it's really difficult to find an internal uh, email market. I'll, I'll just get that. Editor and admin. Editor is important for all the things that we talked about, why a creator and designer is important. You need somebody that's giving most likely your creative lead or the, at the time at early stages, the founders making a lot of the branded decisions. You want someone that understands the platforms that is editing and such. And then admin, it's another fancy way of communication uh, officer. This person still needs to think about the campaigns, still needs to think about who's getting what, at what time and when do things go live. And sometimes this is the, this is an area like on our team, dude, If it wasn't for Kara, Karen or Ruthie or, or Andrew early, early on, we'd be in a very world of hurt for a lot of the stuff that we're trying to get done because the lack of communication, no matter how good you are, no matter how beautiful it's going to be, if it gets there at the wrong time and it doesn't get there quick enough, it's all for it's, it's all a complete loss. And lastly, and I was super reluctant to include this, but having a developer, and I, I'm still, I can still be convinced on this is not necessary, especially on as a full time. But I do think you can find an outsourced team on a on a on a per project basis that you trust and that they're your go to. We have, we have plenty of these ones. They're not full time with us by any means, but we know when we need something, we go get them.
0: Uh, yeah. On the developer point, I do think you can get a long way without one. Agree. You, you will hit a point in growth. And i'm not going to say a number but you will hit a point in growth where it typically it's just a, a point where you're running a lot of traffic and a lot, a lot of conversions and the reason i don't want to say a number is because you know that could be 10 20 million 50 million dollars if you're selling a 500 or a thousand dollar product or it could be one million dollars if you sell a ten dollar product um but there will be a point where you're running just a lot of traffic a lot of Conversions are coming through and ultimately the the cost to have a freelance developer, have a developer help you even if you're on a, a platform like Shopify uh, with site speed or with, you know, uh, customized landing page, something like that will be worth it, right? Because a small improvement in conversions... Will make a huge impact for you, uh, but you could get a you could get a long way with that one. And I would say it's kind of like one of those things that it's like it's when you're in optimization slash scaling phase. You know what I mean? Um, don't if you're like you know if you're pre revenue right now and you just looked at Nick's slide and this is where I want to transition to. You're pre revenue right now and you're looking at Shaq's slide and you're like, okay, so I need to go. You know, I just got a round of funding and I need to go uh, hire twelve people or are you go hire twelve people for my marketing team? I I actually don't think you going need to go hire 12 people. Like I think there's a lot of those ones there. The first one is like, yeah, don't don't hire a developer yet, you know. Um unless you unless you're selling tech, but if you're selling e-commerce, yeah, don't hire a, de- a developer yet. So that's how I want to that's how I want to actually transition. Actually, I'll let you respond to that. And then that's what I want to transition to is like, can you give me an example of like what this looks like, what this org structure looks like between internal hires and uh and Uh, vendors, external vendors for some brands that we either work with or that, you know.
2: So I will, let me, let me show you one thing real quick. I want to, I want to get into this topic because I've been thinking about how to like structure it and, and I've bucketed it into three phases right now, zero to 5 million, five to 10, and then 10 to 15. That's like this areas in which like we, we know how to service. We've been there and our business personally, like our business isn't, and like I'm only going to speak to someone that I've personally been a part of, not not growing other businesses. We worked with higher than this, but our our company, structured company, the core one. I'm not going to go above the 15 mil mark just because we, as a company, we're not there yet, right? So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be.
0: Uh, yeah, I want to caveat and say that's a to me a little strange, and we stay where we are. That's fine. Um, to me, it's a little strange, but just for people listening. We're we're primarily talking about e-commerce T2C brands and org on a 15 million dollar e-commerce brand versus org on a 15 million dollar agency is very different. A 15 million dollar agency has like so many more bodies than than a 15 million million dollar e-commerce brand. So so Nick is saying that hey, I've only ever grown my own company to 15 million dollars. So I don't want to get you know out of that and, and speak to something I don't know, which I totally respect. But we are speaking to eco so so we're gonna kind of keep it at we're mostly speaking to e-commerce brands here, but uh yeah, we're gonna keep it to kind of that 15, maybe 20 million zone and not really speak to what happens at 40 or 50 million, even though we have seen that. Um just
2: well, because e- that's where you want to stay. And I, I respect it. I respect even, it. even on that like yes, I could go there and talk through it, but I I still think all all and I'll, I'll take a book out of, uh, I'll take a page out of the book of Colin McGuire, which is like nowadays, August 25th, like it's commerce, baby, commerce, right? Like, <laughs> commerce is like, yeah. I, I inside joke, I apologize for dropping it here. <laughs> Regardless of what we're doing right now, we are all a distribution of marketing. We're all a distribution of message and we just choose to monetize it with some physical good. Right. I, I, I might be making content for instance, Sean. I love Sean. Sean owns Ridge Wallets. That br- that 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 man just gave away a truck. That was just content. There's no reason a wallet company is giving away a beautiful, beautiful car slash truck slash whatever it is in hopes of selling more wallets. Like I get the strategy. I understand it fully, wholeheartedly. But that man's making content to generate interest to sell a wallet.
0: We all sell different. Yeah, interest in traffic, eyeballs are ultimately what anybody needs to sell anything. I mean, look at modern commerce. We just did an ad read right at the beginning of this podcast, right? We're selling something different. We're selling advertising space. We're, we're literally just selling the eyeballs that we generate, um, you know, but we're making the content to generate the eyeballs. Uh, whereas with any e, e- commerce, you're making the content to generate eyeballs by paying to put the content in front of people, With at least if you're running a lot of pay media. You know, and then you're monetizing with a physical good. I mean, you could technically be monetizing with the same thing, right? Like there, we've seen that where, you know, a content site runs ads just to get people to their content site and it's ad arbitrage. It doesn't work
2: super well on Facebook anymore, but you know, yeah, like I, that's kind of your point, right? Totally. And I think in the grand scheme of things, why I feel myself, yourself and and us in general can speak upon this is because all we do is we live in the world of generating ref. So if I'm looking at the people that we're talking about or working with, this would be, these would be the core areas that I'd be looking to hire or build against because at zero to 5 million, something's working. It, it hit, it worked. You might've had a a, a junior market. You might've had somebody to get you that initial phase. Use you yourself as a, as a, as the owner might be the one running the traffic at this point. And that's oftentimes how it is like the amount of times that we've inherited a business or a brand. And it's like, Hey, I know everything intimately. And I'm the owner. I was like, yeah, because you're a marketer at heart and you are you fe- figured out how to sell a, a specific product that happens all the time. Media buying core. What What is core when I initially say it to you, John? It's Facebook, Instagram, and Google. That's core. And, and some people at this point in stage because of where TikTok is, core might be TikTok. Now, I don't think it is. Yeah, some t- people believe t- it is.
0: Just to be clear, that's for D2C native, not
2: Amazon native, I guess. Yeah. 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 Yes. I, mean, I don't, I don't, I consider... Marketplace is a beast of its own. I've never, oftentimes, right. when someone's building a brand on a marketplace, it's not a brand; it's a product that they put a cool, cool name on.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, yes. So, so that is your D 2 C native. That is, you know, like their first sales channel
2: is on their website, their own website. Right. Then you have multimedia, multimedia designer. I didn't say ad designer. I said anything designer. Someone that's creating for you yep. that goes right into an editor. Designer and editor are not the same thing. An editor is someone that's repurposing what has already been created, potentially from a creator, potentially from uh, other sources, potentially from agencies, whatever it's going to be, but they are editing stuff that the designer has been making. Oftentimes this is the same person. I don't believe it should be, especially at this phase of where you're at. Email, SMS is sec. I don't say specifically what level these people need to be at. I do believe they need to be more on the mid-tier to senior if you can find them,
0: mm-hmm. Good
2: luck finding them, if you can't, this is something, especially if things start working and you'd figure out acquisition, I really, really, really think this is a great hire for someone outsourced or some sort of like individual person that's understanding the flows and running it. Yeah. Lastly is growth in commerce. This is another way of me fancy saying, this is your, your dumbed down version of, and the person that I, I. I put in mind, they're not a CMO, but they're incredible at growth and they understand to speak the language of the platforms. This is what Shrey was when we, when he, we were working with, with a uh, health aid, that man knew exactly what he was doing. He wasn't a CMO, big talk, big, big things, but he was incredible at just understanding how the channels worked with each other with yeah. campaign. Yep.
0: So, so I'm going to, I want to say something that I hope will be controversial enough to make you fight me here. Uh, so, uh, I believe that the first person that you should hire internally out of all of these is the bottom one, the growth slash commerce. And let me give you my justification. A typical makeup of a brand in the zero to five million dollar range, let's call them two million, three million. Um, I'll actually think of a real one and give you their makeup. Media buyer core um is will be like our team, right? Yep. Um and then multimedia designer um, and organic and or organic paid editor may also be our team because we we can do we might be able to cover everything they need because they might just really need people to repurpose their content. So that organic paid editor that might be us, right because because that's what we provide as part of the, the media buyer, right So that might be a vendor. That could all be taken care of potentially by a paid media agency. The the designer of new things and/or shooter of new things could potentially be taken care of by an agency. Could potentially be taken care of by a service, right? Um, uh, you know, Constant Creative or uh, uh you know, Pencil, right? Or um, I don't know who's a competitor of Constant Creative since uh, No Limit, you know, something like that, right? Uh, email, SMS might also be a vendor, or it might be just like kind of a per, well, it might be one of the co-founders, honestly, at 2 million, 3 million. It might be in, in, in any of these could be the co-founders, but a lot of times email, SMS exact, that that's like one of the co-founders or like yes. one of the early stage. P, it's, you know, it's something that's covered by them. Uh, 3, 4 million, maybe they're offloading it to external teams. So it's like all of that is taken care of externally a lot of the time, all the way till 5 million. The growth person, the growth and commerce person, uh, a good team. And I feel like this is just, Turning into a structured webinar. So, like, that's not what I'm trying to do here, but like, we provide a sort of fractional head of growth type person. We call them a growth strategist. So, at like 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, that whole thing is taken care of by a team. And that's actually more cost effective than you hiring because at that stage, you don't know how to hire those. Like, you don't know how to hire those people at all. Um, Around 5 million, Is when I think, you know, four or five million is when you make that first hire and it's that bottom one, that growth or commerce one in most cases. Most. I mean, that's I'm not gonna make a sweeping generalization, but I don't know. Controversial
2: enough. Yeah, I mean you're kind of laying out like here's the team. I can't I can't even disagree with you on these ones because like there's a reason why I didn't say like this is an in-house team, this is an outhouse team, because we've watched teams like we've watched teams like movement watches. Absolutely moon and they owned one thing the marketing. We've right. watched Ivory Ella that did one thing, owned product and had agencies. So yeah. we've seen both, we've seen both operate at this place in a very fast manner. Yes, I think that was in heyday of D2C. I, I, I do, I do think that they their product right right at the right time. But then yeah. I just go down the line of the brands that we've worked with in the past, whether it's Posh, whether it's diff, whether it's Snow, like they owned some areas of this. And if you are early to the game and you don't fully get it the point of having an agency is to cut the learning curve and look we, we know where we're coming from totally negotiate terms down go month a month give them a two month and if it doesn't work do a gentleman's agreement and kind of work your way out of it it's plenty yeah. of times we're chasing down collections too like i'm not afraid to go to war but i will tell you that if you don't know how to do it these are the areas in which you want to focus on
0: yeah and and uh, I think you brought up a good point that it's it's core competency of founding team, right? If you and me, Nick, were to go f- co-found an e-commerce brand right now, we would build this whole thing in-house. We wouldn't hire a partner to do it because we know, we know we've hired enough of these people, found enough of these people and know enough of these people that we'd be able to do it with maybe a combination of freelancers or in-house. We might not hire full-time in-house people, right? right? Like we would be able to do that. It's our core competency is building teams like that and doing that kind of stuff ourselves, right? Like... So that's where we, we would own the marketing. That, that's what we would do. But if that's not your core competency, a lot of times early on, and that's those, those kinds of brands that we're working with, usually it's a founder, that's not their core competency. And it's, you know, one or two vendors that's covering most or all of that.
2: 100%. I, I completely agree with you. And then if I were to be like analyzing the brands that we have or the the area that we're which then we move into that like five ten phase, and I'll talk about it from top down. And now, I, I've had feedback on that because I've done this talk before with a team that I really, or a group of people that I really respect, and they they sort of poking questions and, and things. And I hope that there are questions. I hope that the comments are popping off. I hope that I get back on Twitter after this, and people are going like, "What? Wait, can you ask and elaborate more on this?" Because I I want to explore more of these thoughts because I think it's extremely important for us to understand this, talk about this, and go through this because a lot of people are not talking about this shit because it's still being developed or they don't want to share it and because it's for their own selfish needs. Okay. Right. You have influencer and talent. So a great team of ours that we've seen do incredible credible things at the kinship boys. We also ourselves built our own way of getting talent. We've seen some great people at the Mint marketing. We've seen um Josh uh Josh out of Nashville do incredible things in outreach. Influencer and talent meaning I need people creating content for us or I need people to I need a person to find people to put into my content. That's a full-time, if not heavily understanding VA that knows what knows what they're doing and how they're doing it. That takes time. It's really difficult to get this. You can find it. There are agencies that specialize in this. Can you own that at this stage because you're needing more content because you're shooting more things and you probably have more than one product working? That's why you need content at scale consistently. Creative strategist. This is still. I cannot wait to talk more about this at the Motion Summit coming up. This is a term that I don't, I'm not going to say we coined, but we definitely were early to the game on this.
0: No, everybody's saying it now, and I'm like,
2: I feel like nope. I, I feel like I said it to you. You put you must have tweeted it, and now everybody's hiring them. I would love to claim that I have that much reach, but it's definitely something that we've. It it's feel it's felt like we've been on this for quite a while. I will say this, right. yeah. but the creative the role of like. I know traffic and conversion, and I also know what needs to be shot and executed. Cool, I should be the person that leads this or discusses this. Oftentimes brands don't have this for for one to two reasons. The first reason, they probably don't have a native in-house media buyer that's incredible in communicating what they want and why they want it. Two, their brand person or their creative person is probably too brand or too creative and came from the brand ritual. And they don't really know what's working or why it's, that's probably what's happening it's
0: a, yeah it, please make it all look like olipop
2: yeah can you give me uh what is that was a great article the bland blanding. The bland
0: yeah give me the give, give me the bland ads the Blanding ads
2: yeah. drop me that that bland okay then you have <laughs> analytics and data this this role this is something that when we when we acquired a gexa i was super stoked on this one because they had a person Multiple people that like were so good at what they needed to get, or like, hey, I need I need these things to paint the story of what's happening, or at least show why why the things that we said were gonna happen cannot be possible. This is dude, this was before we understood how well triple worked or ultimate or all these other analytical tools. Now you can get away with someone that's just focused on this and there's time spent in it rather than the person spending their time on the media buying, but spending the time on the analyzing of the product selling, sell through rates, metrics, et cetera, what's happening on the site. This is important at this stage, everybody has to have it with the tools available. Community manager, why I bring this up is because, and I actually think this could come sooner depending on how how your company or type of org is built into this. And I know following the Avi boys for quite a while, following Posh for quite a while, their community drove so much iteration. And there's an early, early team doing this right now, which is a cookie company that I love and respect, Raise. These guys, (laughs) are are building, are building, building, building from the community. But this person has to understand a little bit of conversion, a little bit of uh, communication, a little bit of copywriting, a little bit of like steering the narrative of what's happening. And they probably need to be adept with what's happening on customer service and that feedback of product. So this role is not just like I post on Twitter or I post on TikTok or however. Like This is a very quality, important role. Then we get a copywriter. I now, John I can go I could have put this at 0 to 5 I could have put this at 10 to 15 why I put this at this moment is because I still stand behind this is the time where things are starting to work and when things are starting to work especially at August 25th 2022 3:57 p.m. PST things are difficult on platforms and I st- and more than ever now writing for conversion or convincing someone that their life is going to be better or not as shitty on a page or on an ad is going to take time, effort, planning, avatar, right? What is what is the thing that you love to talk about that was such a great conversation is your ALO effect. The avatar, the angle, the asset, the landing page, and optimization. That's all driven from copy. Has to be, right? Yeah. It's the offer, by the way. No, I'll okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Totally. Yes. Keep okay. you're on
0: such a roll. I can't believe I did that
2: to you but this is and then i at the top if the, at the top where i put it at the beginning is the, your pm the 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 comms manager this person right. this place, who's doing this inside the brand whose role generally speaking john whose role is the one that's doing this it's the it, marketing manager
0: yeah it's it's like the growth strategist why it's like your head of growth who ends up becoming this project manager because they oversee everything and they touch everything and they set the kpis so they're the ones who can communicate but like but like, you know, uh, one of the things early on that happened at Structured that I think was like a big unlock for us is we hired this, right? And, and we hired someone who is vastly overqualified. She's like incredible. She's honestly one of our best employees and she's a Yale grad. Uh, but she just, she wanted to leave her current opportunity. So we hired her as a project manager because she was like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do whatever. I'll do it. Like... Things like uh, managing your own calendar and like scheduling, coordinating calls with three people. And do, like, that's the kind of thing that your head of growth should not be doing, right? Like low leverage. Time, zone. Time yeah. zones alone. Right, that's low leverage. That's a project manager task, right? So that's, yeah, I mean, that, that actually just frees up people to look at stuff. But um, I did- hold on,
2: hold on. I wanna I want to. I I reiterate this. Low, low impact, but- Incredibly important.
0: Yeah, uh necessary. I would call it yeah. necessary, it has to happen, right? Um, low low leverage is what I said. So so right. not that's the right. high leverage activity for them. Being on the call, that's the high leverage activity for them. Going back and forth on you know, an email chain with four people to coordinate the call, not the high leverage activity. Um,
2: no, amount, um, this and this is the funny thing about this: the amount of times, and this is I've I've experienced this so aggressively in the mountain like this short span of period. It's it's August, and this is funny because this kind of happens all the time. But I just forget to take like, I forget to remember the moment. We're right now in August. If you're an agency or a marketer or a brand right now, I just want like, I, I want to do a gut check for you. You're either shopping for another team or a new team. You're or you're either fielding conversations like, is this what we're rolling into Q4 with? Like, is uh, is this is this what we're doing right now? This is, and I'm sitting going like, talking to team to, I'm like, dude, inbound is kind of wild. And we're not doing much that's different. Well, we might be making more ads. Yeah, we're maybe. having Mickey Shacks on the pod, so there's that. So I mean, when when you start, when you start losing weight, people just start coming. Anyway, people start coming. But but it is it is a thing that I'm going to like. It's we, we all need to understand that it's not unique to our situation, and people are shopping, and there's movement happening in the market right now. And it's not because things aren't working or things are incredibly working. It's just. They're just window shop. They're just kicking tires.
0: Yep. Um. So so this is good. So um. When in on the on the subject of shopping, uh, on the subject of of shopping teams, hiring teams, right? Because I actually wanted to go through that, and we can maybe come back to it depending on where our conversation goes here. But like, um, because what you just laid out again, it's not like by the time you're at ten million, you have ten internal hires. Sometimes a vendor covers a lot of that, right? Or sometimes one person has to wear two hats for a while. Sometimes a founder wears some of those hats. Like that's just how it breaks out. Um, but on, on this, on this topic of hiring teams, shopping teams, shopping vendors, putting all of this, like assembling your squad, right? Um one thing that came up on Twitter today when we were, when we were talking about, hey, we're gonna be doing this was a, a good, good friend of ours, uh, Mr. Mr. Ray Johnston. Uh he he asked he tweeted to me like what skills should they have that yeah, in case I don't know if you have it. Um, there we go, yeah, overlaid right there. So what skills should your team members have? Wartime versus peacetime? I think that is like a really good one right now because this, this the topic of this is recession proofing your marketing team, right. So we're talking about a wartime marketing team whereas for the last 10 years, we've been building peacetime marketing teams, right uh, what skills will be less valuable and less useful in a recession? Uh, most critical white space opportunity in a recession, um, and then that, that's like four questions. And he told me like you can pick. Right, way to way to really run it on, right? Yes, thank you. Cool. Yeah, you can drop you can drop that off, Casey. Casey's yeah, There we go. Thank you.
2: Can you ask it again? Because I like blacked yeah, out. Yeah, I'll
0: I'll I'll, uh, I'll read it again. So, what skills? Let's just let's go one at a time here. When you're looking at these people, assessing them either as internal hires or as external vendors. What are the skills they should have, and and what is like the wartime versus peacetime? Let, let's actually focus on that since we're talking about recession proofing here. What's the difference on these teams that you're that we're putting together? What are you looking for in peacetime? So what have we been looking for for the last five years? What are you looking for in wartime? Right during a re, during a more tough economic
2: period. Well, peacetime first, correct?
0: Yes, go peacetime first.
2: You sent first. So this is basically the entire lifeline I've had as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I'll put it that way. And we've, um, our team is thick right now. We've gone through a couple of businesses. I, and, and this is the type of leader. I think this is a reflection of the type of the leader. I am currently, this is not an answer. I think, I think if Jake was on this call with us, he answered this very differently. I want I just want to put that out I'll there probably
0: answer differently. I'm going to guess. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, but go ahead. I agree with you. Um, I need someone that can understand styles of feedback and they need to be so lack of ego that they can adapt the way that they speak to the person that's hearing the message that's one two i think they need to lead
0: go what ahead. go ahead yeah go ahead sorry
2: two, i think they need to lead with way more like i'll say this softness and ness than an alpha, like a strong alpha aggression of pushing people over the line, pushing the thing over the line. They need to be a lot more in the listening stage. That's that's where I think peacetime, peacetime really hits himself.
0: Okay? Yeah. TLDR, Nick hired me during peacetime, and then he was like, that is the opposite of what, what I want. I did not like that. Like, yeah. We just, hey, can we get whatever the inverse of John is? Like, that's what we need more of. Yeah,
2: you know, and, and look, I'm not going con- to... Don't, don't continue you have one. Per- you only need one of those people. You don't, know what don't I mean? No, don't confuse don't confuse don't confuse combativeness and st- strong opinion with beta or right. or 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 um
0: what I like to say is don't confuse meekness for weakness, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. know, I'm talking about in like an older definition of the word meek because that is what we use it, that that that's like the current definition in society, but like the older definition of meek it, it's like silently confident, you know, like I, I don't have to be outward. Like I can be confident and I can be sure, but I don't have to put it in your face.
2: Correct. And so sticking along the time, sticking along the lines of a uh, peacetime hires, you don't have to hire somebody that has done it before, been there, done that they can have, uh, they've had, they can have skill sets that would allow them to be great but they don't necessarily have to be the one that had have, that have done it before. They would be open for change and open for, for feedback. Uh, and I think that's honestly it, dude. I'll, I'll say that. Do you, you want to speak on this one? That's a
0: big one, right? So so I think we've gotten away with a lot of hires. In oh, yeah. Peacetime. Not, maybe not a lot, right? I think we've gotten away with plenty of hires in peacetime who haven't done it before or have minimal experience doing it or... Came from an organization where they didn't really have to be that good at doing it, yep. but they like knew how to push the buttons and they have a good like they have the goods like this. I don't want to call them soft skills, but the, the communicational uh, EQ skills, um, social IQ skills that you were talking about, like they're good at that. And like they don't necessarily have to have as good of like run traffic and get conversion skills and that can kind of like be taught and it's easier to hit it
2: in peacetime. This is absolutely, and I'll, I'll even go specific on media buyers, the media buyers that take it personally when things don't work right, when things are, when, when they're, when their ROAS is their worth, you're like, dude, you haven't, like, you haven't done this, like, how long have you been doing this? Like, that, that, that to me is something where people need to realize that you are not like that. Go through some times where you don't win a lot and you yeah. still have to collect a paycheck and you still have to feel like you're worthy of that paycheck. That's a different time.
0: Yes. No. So, so yeah. War, so wartime skills, wartime skills, both soft and firm, firm, hard. I don't I, I don't feel great saying either
2: of those words. I get you. Um. So wartime soft skills, like you feedback, you have to just crave it. You have to eat it. Like it just has to, it has to be said right to you to be like, I, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for giving me that no matter how terrible that I am or whatever it just happened, you have to be able to take that and it it cannot make you, it could only make you better. It cannot define everything you are. It could only be taken in. That's one. <laughs> Two, you have to already know how to do it. You have to clearly explain what you've done before. And I'll, I'll share this one. There's a very, very high level person in our space. Uh, in our space that I have, this is the dream person that I, Nick, would go work for. Like if I had, if I were to leave my companies and go do it, I would go work for this individual. I've seen what he's built. He's incredible. He's kind. He kind, he leads with a heavy hand. And he asked me seven questions and we talked for an hour and a half. And he's like, I just want to know that you've actually done it before. So he knew the questions to ask, start to finish to end. That is the type of thing that I think is incredible. The person in the wartime that you want is the one that's actually already done it before and understands that a lot of this right now especially what we're talking about is sustaining and growing during a time of war, they need to know and keep an eye toward generating revenue. And not it must make us money or it must save us money. That yeah. is something that has to happen.
0: Yeah, I'm going to add a couple of things. Please. Wartime soft skills. And this is actually, I'm going to reiterate just something you said and, and use the sports analogy because it's mod common. and I have to. You have to have a shooter's mindset. Right. So shooter's mindset, meaning I don't me care how many shots I've missed. You know what I mean? Like you don't even remember the misses. Um, Like that, like in, in, and you have to, so I'm going to actually go out on a limb and say, I do not think that Nick Shackelford would be a good wartime employee. You're a good wartime leader, but I don't think you'd be a good wartime employee. I think you're a good peacetime employee because <laughs> I think you have to have had losses, even if the losses were in peacetime. Like I've worked on projects that like just, and you probably have, right. But like I've worked on projects that just, they literally had no hope. Right. And I was like, all right, let me just grind out as hard as I can, you know, and even in peacetime, I'm not going to make this thing work. I know it, you know, but I'm going to try as hard as I can and I'm not going to let it get to me. Um, And uh, so, so people like that, and I'm like sitting here being like, I'm a better wartime than you are. But like, literally, like. You've had so many, you've actually had a very hard time understanding why we're not hitting home run after home run after home run oh, sure. when you've stepped out. Like, you're like, why isn't it happening anymore? And I'm like, dude, it's not peacetime anymore, right? Like, it's just, and like, I kind of just already felt that or knew that because I'd had periods like that even in, in peacetime. So, like, that's what I kind of, th- like, I think that you're a good wartime leader because you're very understanding, you're very open to feedback, you trust your team. And a lot of wartime leaders, a lot of peacetime leaders, are bad wartime leaders because they don't do that. Um, but uh, but I, as a, a, a as a team member, I think it's like uh, you. I think you would be
2: like, man, why am I missing so many shots? You know, dude, you're you're so correct, and I and and I didn't take any other way other than like you're absolutely right on this one because for one, I got very fortunate. I think I think my entire career of where we're at early, bro it's 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 i'm very grateful i'm aware i'm so i, I get it i've won the entire way through L- like from the very first time i started running a fidget spinner all the way until like i can tell you every single product brand person thing that i've won yeah. on that's led me to this point and teams have been on i've been a lot of winning teams so i fully agree with this i've also done enough to know who should be there who shouldn't be there and i f- a hundred percent agree with you. I'd be a terrible wartime employee, but I sure as so hell would know how to lead better than most of these other people in space. Because a lot of these, a lot of these people haven't done it themselves at various various levels.
0: Yep. I'm gonna hit one more thing because this made me think of this wartime leadership, and I'm gonna actually group both wartime leadership in with uh, like a head of growth type of person who is managing vendors and managing team members. A bad war, a poor wartime leader is going to be someone who like you is flatter like why you know why aren't we hitting last year's numbers why aren't you, why are you why is our year up, over your CAC up so much all of this stuff right and is their first instinct first instinct number one instinct is to say must be team must be a people problem not a platform problem or not a product problem right um, that's their first instinct and a lot of peacetime a lot of peacetime folks are like that because in peacetime if you weren't having success like, yeah, maybe you could have like a really bad product, but like, let's say you got to five or 10 million. If you weren't having success, it probably was the team, right? Yep. Uh, in all honesty, there's a lot of bad teams that had fine results during peacetime, right? And so I think those those leaders are good during peacetime because they'll be like, yeah, you know what? Like, let me get not get so married to this team. But during, during wartime, they'll end up turning over vendors and turning over team members too much. Like you never get any traction,
2: right? I agree with you. This is dude, this is great. I, I think we can go on this all day. I know I have two more things I want to show. Yeah, yeah. Two more things I think is important for us to talk through. So this is the last one. So again, I, this is not, you're not at the, the 10 to 15 stage. I need to have all 15 of these people pick and choose. where These are the areas and the roles that I believe are important that need to be considered at these roles. You don't have to own or have these ones. I'm going to be very clear on that already because at this point you're looking at a $400,000 uh, yeah. Uh, at this point, at 10 to 15, I think it's important for us to start considering whether you're hiring consistently or having it in-house, a video and photographer full-time. This is someone like you're, cre- you're probably creating consistently. You already have a pipeline of creators kind of giving you content for you. And I think it's at this time, you're planning campaigns across multiple channels and, at, and you're probably pushing into retail at some place. You're probably doing something along these lines. To get more content that's needed and do you really want to drop 3k 5k 10k every single time you're doing a production run affiliate program manager this is something that i i do think is important to bring at this time kind of back to what we talked about early on of someone driving revenue you're probably looking at new channels you're probably looking at new regions you're probably looking to expand to another country or at least test the waters here Someone that's running this program on finding sites for content, finding sites for potential people running your offer. Junior discipline hire. This is what I like to call, I, am, I probably Junior. already have a media buyer on my core channels and I need someone to start learning auxiliary channels. I need to dabble into Pinterest. I need to dabble into TikTok. I need to dabble into Bing. I need to dabble into native. Somebody that you can afford to have on the team that's testing and it's more of like an assassin that's going to learn something specific. Yep. Last thing I bring Yes, John? No, no, that's it. Go ahead. Last time I bring in a developer, like you, you most likely have multiple, multiple sites running. You need to kind of be a little bit more dynamic. You're probably on Shopify with a little bit of customization rather than just leveraging the shit of shit ton of apps and slowing down your site. You might want to have a couple pages being built on unbalanced or any other service or provider. And then lastly, you have an art director. And this is something that I, I could have took this off or left this completely gone, but you have probably worked with enough vendors you probably have a some sort of brand guiling or some sort of deck. At this stage, you'd be shocked at the amount of people don't have this for us to play with. Your typeface, your fonts, your your style, the words you can or can't use. I think it's important to bring this one into play.
0: Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to add to this instead of subtracting to it uh, that at 10 to 15, because we've been addressing brands that are digitally native, uh, D2C native specifically, at 10 or 15, you maybe and probably 80% of the time, 80% of the brands should be looking at either hiring in house or a vendor. I would start with a vendor if you don't know how to hire this person in house. Um, marketplaces and probably retail, unless there's just like no possibility of that for your product or you've specifically decided not to do that or whatever, you know, you have some kind of reasoning there. Um, you really should be. Uh, diversifying into omni-channel sales channels. Um, And then I'm going to hit a couple others here. And I'm going to say community manager. And and I would almost put this person as like community manager slash uh, omni-channel sales teams, which is super weird. But the reason I'm saying it is because if you need a community manager, it's because you have a product that a community builds around and you have other products that you want to sell them right like or you want them to be referring people to it right like that that the the past customers like really are important to you if you're yeti microphones you do not need a community manager really right like not at 10 to not at 5 to 10 million at, at the level yeti's at maybe but like not at 5 to 10 million what you need there is instead is an omni channel salesperson, somebody who's going to get you into retail, someone who's going to get you into Amazon, et cetera, right? Because you have essentially one SKU, one product, people are going to buy it, and then they're not really going to buy anything else from you. So that investment in a community manager isn't really going to serve you until you're like really, really huge. Uh, but the investment into an omni channel salesperson is now. If you're a apparel brand, that community manager they're going to serve you uh, a lot more. You know, they're going to get you're going to get a way better ROI on them than you are on the omni channel salesperson. Um, yeah, those are my only ads to this. And again, a lot of times one vendor might cover a whole bunch of these rectangles.
2: You know, again, I get you. The funny thing is, like, and this is the this was the one slide that when I did the presentation, everybody was like, "So, wh- like, how many of these? Which do I do?" And like, and that answer is too difficult. And I think in the next thought work, I will go go down of like, at this stage. You should do this at, at at this stage. Here's who you need to have in-house. Here's who you should probably think about doing outhouse. And I have this kind of prepared, but I don't want to go on this one fully, fully baked in at. But the last one I'll talk about is kind of like a, a core concept that James first first up, James taught me. James, like this is something you need to understand where you play. Where do you want to lie? And and, and is, not everybody who hey man, I've got a following too.
0: You know, it's not everyone like they. So some people might not know who James is. I know your people know
2: who James is. So James James is my partner in Geek Out. Geek Out's our events that we do. And James is a little bit more of a veteran around the space that's done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of crazy stuff. And yeah. it's in the, mainly in the traffic time. And he's he's worked with a lot of people around the world. And to me, this time is something that I think a lot of us need to think about where you run, where you lie, and what happens. And it's a, it's a theory of nationalists versus assassins. Here's the story. So when we when we are very proud of who we are and very proud of what we what we stand for and who we work for, we are a nationalist. If I stand beside my structure team, I stand. If I decide constant, I am. I will go above and beyond and do what is necessary and then some to win and keep it consistent. That's someone that lives and breeds for the brand. That's in house, right? They 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 are for the brand. They, we all wear the same jersey. The name might be different on the back, but the front's the brand. Okay. Then you have an assassin. They are motivated by cash, they are motivated by the opportunity, and they are motivated by the kill.
0: They're the dude yeah. you're sending to a one-year deal,
2: you know, to try and win a championship. Yep. This isn't this is not your franchise quarterback. This no. is the person that's like, I need this thing done, and I need us to get here by the time you're done. Thank you so much. You're gonna be rewarded handsomely for this. Yes. When 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 you were when you were looking and thinking about who should my team be or who should be who should I be building alliances or, 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 or support systems and processes for the thought of, is this my nationalist or is this my assassin needs to be really strategically thought through. And this is use the brand owner, use the agency owner, use the person that's thinking through exactly. Am I building routines and systems around this person? And this has been the thing that I sit here and it really, 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 really messes with me, especially when I look at my orgs, especially as I look at the other teams of like, who am I needing to build systems and processes around? Or who am I needing to replace? Or who am I needing to put a different piece around to make sure that I get the most out of that one? And I, and I know this one. This is the role that I play in a lot of the organizations and I've talked about this. My role, my core role is to generate partnerships, revenue, and continue to find ways for us to continue to grow and win at all costs. That's That's Nick's role. So the pieces that I need around me The assassins, as me being the nationalist, need to be the person that's incredible at processes, needs to be the person that's incredible at supporting what has to happen. That's why Jake, James, yourself, and these other individuals, they know how to play with me. Like The the role that I have, the system, the scheme that I run, it's really important for me to know and those around me to know. That's the best way we can get the most out of that man so that when it's time, we know what to do and we know the route that he's going to run. Because you'll get us there, but we just need to know how to do it. And you have to do the same exact thing with your people during this time right now, because it's been fine. It's been fantastic, but it's going to, we're going to get tried. And if you look at your group and you look at your people, the sooner you make the decision on is this person my nationalist? Is this team my nationalist? Or is this person my assassin? Or is this team my assassin? You're going to move very differently
0: yeah I, I think the introspection around yourself and your core competencies is actually the most important thing you said there um not necessarily I mean your company is probably a reflection of yourself unless you you know are you know 15 and if you and you're in your series C or something like that right then maybe it may, might not be anymore um but but like, you know, especially for you, if you're bootstrapped or even Series A, whatever, um, your company's probably a reflection of yourself, and the and the strengths and core competencies that your company has is probably a, sh- a reflection of yours. Um, and then, like what you just said there, Nick, how do you figure out where do I need nationalists? Where do I need assassins? You don't do it by looking at the business. You actually kind of do it by looking introspective at yourself. So, like you, you need nationalists in positions where you need someone who actually just understands you. Like when you say something they go okay i think what you mean is right like when you like and because because you're like a clear person like a lot of people probably don't know this you're like they probably think like oh nick he's like it's so clear when he teaches in the moment you are not right like you're in the moment clarity you don't have the right words for the thing you mean a lot right so that's where you need nationalists is people who are like i'm delegating an outcome to this person and i need to know I need them to kind of like be able to know what I mean. Or over time, they'll figure it out, right? Like that's what they're thinking about. Where you need assassins is exactly what you said. If I just need you to build something, right? Like physical, like a process or something like that. Physical is a weird way to put it. Physically, virtually physical. um, If I just need you to build something like a process or like a, you know, or whatever, that's, that's where you need assassins, right? Like I can give you specific, anything you can give specific instructions on that's where you need assassins. So that's like a very introspective thing that you found is that you're like, where I need nationalists is people who don't, who, who know what I'm, know what I'm trying to say. Right. And where I need assassins is where I can give them a, a, you know, very direct instruction. Um, and I would say that is the, the biggest tip that like, I would say like, as you're thinking about nationalists, where do I need nationalists and there? Where do I need assassins? That's the first place to build around is yourself. Like how are you removing yourself as the bottleneck in your business? So looking at your being very introspective and self on, honest with yourself about what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, I think that's
2: like probably the the way you figure that out. You're absolutely correct, and I, dude, there's and I know we're coming up on an hour right now, and I think this could go so much deeper. So the I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now. I know we want to keep going, but we're gonna go part two because what we'll build next is who should be Nick. I'm at I'm at that one to five million range. Who's who's who do I need? Just, I understand the roles I need to think through. Yeah, um, tell me what I need. Tell me what I need on the in house. Tell me what I need on the out house out uh, yes the outhouse go with it confidence i'm gonna eat it i'm gonna eat it Give me that shooter's confidence five to five to ten what's in-house what's outhouse where am i going where's the porter potty who do i need all, outside of this bad boy you know, I need to stick out in the party potty. and then on the 10 to 15 we'll go through that as well so i i'm, I'm grateful it. i hope this hit home for a lot of people i cannot wait to hear the discussion around this stuff yeah. uh john casey thank you guys so much let's run this back absolutely parting shot i will do the parting shot i'll take it Um, if I were to kind of TLDR
0: this episode and say, hey, here's what you need to learn. First of all, I have one parting shot. Casey, I figured out a way for us to monetize this podcast. We'll have Nick on. And every time he name drops somebody that's a company he's invested in or that he owns, he has to pay us a sponsorship fee. So there we go. For like motion, geek out, like all. (laughs) um, but, But I mean, you only invest in own companies you truly believe in. So that's the caveat there. Um, I, the, the TLDR here is honestly like that. Well, what I would say is like, identifying hats is important. People, vendors, founders, internal team members can wear multiple hats. It's okay to do. The problem is the problem with wearing multiple hats is most people don't do the job, the work of identifying which hat they're wearing when they're doing work. So they, they don't do the job of identifying who would be the higher you know, who do I hire to take off some of this work? Right? Because they're like, I don't know. I do so much. How could I, I just need to hire another me. You hear that all the time, right? Can I just duplicate myself? It's cause you're not, you're not identifying the hat you're wearing. So that's essentially what you've done here is you're like, here, let me identify all the hats for you so that you can see which ones you're wearing. You could hire a part-time person to do it, a freelancer to do it. You could hire uh, an agency or a, a vendor that can maybe take off a few of those hats. Right, and th- so that's the TLDR here is that as you're looking at this, it's not 15 hires, it's 15 hats, right? The, the hats could be worn by however many people, um, but that's that's kind of like up to you and how much bandwidth each person has and how much you're overloaded and and where the bottlenecks are. That'd be my TLDR here. Anything to add, Nick?
2: Oh, honestly, because this this simplification of the roles that are needed or necessary based upon the amount of brands and the areas that we've been focused on for the past. 10 plus years at this point, you have to identify first before you can address. And so I think the identification of that on stage one is -hmm. important so that when we get into stage two of like, okay, thank you for identifying Mm it for me. Now, what do I do? What what, why, what and why, what do I do? (laughs) Where? What, where, and what do I do? Why do I do it? Where do I find it? It's something that I think is really important for people to go. And I will call you, I will clap back on you one of these things. On this podcast, the clarity in which I've spoken and the
0: cleanliness
2: of the words.
1: Yeah,
0: these are, that's because you've had a chance to prepare. These were presentation. When you have a chance to prepare, you're very, very clear. And that's why most people very feel good. good. It's just when you're in the moment trying to like, Yeah, we've talked. We go uh, Absolutely. Much. I think clarity is one of the your best uh your best things when you're teaching. So um Nicholas Shackleford, Nikki Shacks, Poppy Shack, Shack Attack. I don't know if I missed any of them. Uh thank you for being on. Always a pleasure to have you. You definitely we're gonna start, we're gonna make you like a like a like a honorary host here pretty soon. Um, once we've had you, you gotta get five times and then you get like the six time. You're an honorary
1: host. Really? Then we well, give yeah. you a little pin you, you can put on your shirt. We
0: have, we have a part two coming. We have to explain Let's that. Do Let's do it. I cannot wait. Yes, we will have a part two coming. Anyway, drop it. So drop in the comments, wherever you're seeing this, if you're seeing it on Twitter, if you're seeing it on YouTube, uh, wherever you're seeing this, drop in the comments. What, what should we cover in part two? Like what, what questions after watching all of this? There's been some people here watching live the whole time. Like, after watching all of this, are you like, I'm, you know, I can build a billion dollar company now? Probably not. You probably still have questions. So, uh, drop in the comments what questions you still have. What do we need to cover in part two? Nick, thank you for being on. Big shout out and thank you to our sponsor, to our sponsor, Pencil. Um, that's trypencil.com. Use code modcom 15, 15% off. Casey, say the YouTube things.
1: Yeah, guys, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell icon to get notifications whenever we drop new content onto the channel. Uh, make sure you tune into all our videos. You never know when we're going to have somebody like Shaq on. Uh, th- thanks for coming on, Shaq. John, thank you for keeping up with him. You know, one quick thing on that TLDR I just want to say if you are somebody who wears a lot of hats, going back even to our prior agency days, John, I think uh, one thing that I learned is that even not being that main person who's wearing a ton of hats already, you can help that person identify what hats they're wearing a little bit. Cause if you haven't developed that view, that can be tough to do. So yeah. look to your right hand, man, you know, now I think that's going on with with Shaq and John a little bit with structured. So um, yeah, get, you know, trust the people around you, those loyalists, they can help you out in that way too. So thanks again, guys. And ModCom, until next time, we'll see you.